0: They brought back Sprite Remix, but only at McDonald's. What? Have you ever had Sprite Remix? It's not good. Well, it depends on
1: which one, because there are two flavors. It's just not good across the board. I like, the tro-
0: I like Sprite Remix Tropical, personally. Listen, it's not great. And the fact that like McDonald's is hawking Sprite Remix as if this is like, a brand new item is kind of buck wild.
1: That's true. So there is Sprite Remix Tropical and Sprite Remix Berry Clear.
0: Berry (laughs) Clear was Just look at this. Listen to to the name of it. Like Sprite. Berry Clear? Berry Clear. Yeah, no, Berry Clear was bad. I think Sprite Remix is just bad in general. I like Tropical a lot. That's fine. It's just the fact that McDonald's is like... Oh, and they they
1: called it Tropic Berry instead of... Trop- it, tropical yeah it's it's kind of
0: like they're pulling a fast one and i don't appreciate it i don't appreciate deception for my fast food chains
1: yeah everybody is
0: calling it like a brand new thing it's not it's sprite remix and it was like look it up look that shit up sprite remix was like like
1: i know i know that Like, I know what Sprite Remix is. I drank it. It used to be one of my favorite sodas, the tropical version.
0: Sprite Remix Tropical Berry. Tropic Berry? Whatever the fuck.
1: I wonder if they, like, fused it together. It sounds like they did. Oh, yeah, because that... So this has orange. The original Tropical did not have an orange flavor. It was pineapple flavor. Orange
0: Orange isn't a berry either. No, it's not. Okay. So what the fuck? I don't know. This is my long line of pet peeves.
1: Maybe the secret answer is that it's actually the flavor that you get from doing the chuk chuck chuck chuk chuck chuk, chuk, where you like put the cup across all the different The
0: suicide, yeah.
1: Yeah. And they just <laughs> serve that to you and call it Sprite.
0: And call it uh <laughs> Mix by Sprite Tropic <laughs> Berry. Okay. They've even just called it mix. It's called Mix now. Yeah. What the fuck? I want to go back in time and kick someone's ass. Listen, Sprite remakes has been around forever.
1: It's like Beats by Dre is a distinct thing, but they're trying to go for that cool, same cool aesthetic. Like you've got Beats by Dre. Now try Mix by Sprite, and it's like it doesn't work the same. Coca Cola no it's a it's a soda it's a product it's like a drink if i mix a soda that means that i am putting two different flavors from the dispenser together
0: and listen coke you don't need to even give us like a mixed flavored soda that's what a coke freestyle machine is for which is perhaps the greatest invention anyone has ever created (laughs) So, Coke Freestyle, the
1: exterior, at least, was designed by Pininfarina, which is the same architectural design firm that's behind a lot of Ferrari's model, like, um, car bodies. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, in case you didn't know. No wonder it looks so sleek. Yeah, no, for real. I'm being 100% honest. Coke Freestyle machines are, like, one of my favorite things. It's like, oh, here's a Coke Freestyle machine. It's like, yes, I'll have your largest cup, please.
1: Yeah, they're known for cars, and then also that.
0: <laughs> I get allured by the Coke Freestyle machine, but I only feel it's necessary to order a Freestyle drink if I can go to the Freestyle machine. Because if I would, if I were to go through like the Wendy's drive-through, I wouldn't want to be like, "I'll take this Coca-Cola and please put something else in it." Yeah, like that seems bad anyway. Just, you just want the easiest thing, yeah. I don't want to like. That's what ends up making it so I don't go through drive-throughs anyway.
1: Yeah. No. So Pin and Farina is responsible ninety percent of their Wikipedia's cars, and then this, and they're also they're responsible for the two thousand six Wimp- Winter Olympics torch cauldron and medals. Okay. A Casio watch that was made in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, but it had a weak strap, so it got a lot of a bad critical reception. And then the Coke Freestyle Machine.
0: And then the Coke Freestyle Machine. A crowning achievement, I think, in uh, architecture and just in design.
1: Except when they put them in movie theaters, because then just everyone gets very confused and they get in the way of me getting my popcorn and drink
0: and going into the movies. True. And I would have to wager that... I wonder how many people who... Use the Coke Freestyle Machine, actually experiment with the drink type, and they don't just get Coke or any of the regular sodas. See, whenever there's a Coke Freestyle Machine, I always just get vanilla Coke. Always.
1: Sometimes I get the Barks Cream Soda or like equivalent, because that's in there. But if they have Dr. Pepper, I am definitely getting cherry vanilla Do- Dr. Pepper, which is probably diabetes in a cup in terms I mean, of yes. sugar content but it is so good but i don't do just that because just that is way too sweet i'll do like 50% that and then 50% regular dr pepper and then i drink it like that you yeah, well, have like an exact
0: ratio going on
1: it's it's like um it's like a feeling like you just <laughs> have a sense <laughs> yeah
0: it's like this is enough mm.
1: you know i do it i do it by by eye and not <laughs> like
0: Exactness, <laughs> and not exact measure. Oh, and welcome to the young ones a podcast about teen superhero teams and why we love them my name is charlie and i use they them pronouns
1: and i'm mikey and i use he him pronouns
0: and this is episode 28 and i feel oh, i feel bad like maybe like our tagline should change but like also not like we ha- we've been talking about teen superheroes but like sometimes we don't talk about them and then it's like i'm misleading people
1: i mean if we want to just make it superheroes and why we love them
0: no, I and mean, we have to keep that. We have to keep like the conceit of the podcast.
1: Yeah, I think it's okay to do a roundup every once in a while. Yeah, it, there's a lot of things
0: going on, and y'all like them. So if you don't yeah. like them, like tell us about it. I guess. I mean, there's a lot going on, and I'd be remiss not to talk about it. So yeah, that's what we're gonna do. If you haven't figured it out, we're gonna have another like relatively new comics roundup because. There was a lot of stuff announced, like in the last couple and weeks. And some of it
1: does affect teen superheroes. Yes, it does. Or former, or young superheroes.
0: Young time displaced superheroes.
1: I mean, to be fair, our title is young ones, and we could distill, we could pivot a little from teen to like teen and teen adjacent, young adult,
0: <laughs> young adult. It's like young adult literature. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I guess if y'all don't like it, just fucking let me know, I guess. Ideally in a nice way. In a nice way. That's fine. If you don't like something, it's all right. So
1: before we get started on that, though, you had a story that you were going to tell, and you promised it on Twitter, so I would be remiss not to remind you. I don't remember. You'll have to remind me. Charlie, talk to me about Subway. I mean, you talk to me about Subway a lot. But, uh, you have some strong
0: Subway (laughs) opinions, do you not? I do. And the fact that I think it's, like, potentially, like, the worst place you could ever go. Like, and this isn't... This is not in any way to knock the food at Subway. I wouldn't go into a Subway if I didn't want a sandwich. That's just the way it is. And it's, like, half of that is because... That's kind of like one of the only sandwich shops, quote unquote, we have in my small town. But like, Subway, the the the, the sandwiches are all, all right. Like, they it it gets I mean, the it's, job it's, done. Yeah, it's and just the it's, it's cheap just and the experience. Cheap and Correct. It's like fucking almost. It's just like six dollars for a sandwich. Like, it's it's fine. But. Going into a subway, like, actually, actual, act, like, the action of walking into the subway and ordering your food is literally one of the worst experiences I think anybody could ever have. It's a pretty painful process. I've had some pretty terrible experiences, like, at a subway, and it is not the fault of the people working at Subway it's the fault of everybody else yeah i was like it's entirely the fault of the people who go there it's the people who go there and i don't see i get the same kind of like feeling when i go to a chipotle but i've stopped ordering food at the chipotle in the chipotle line like waiting in line i have and then switched completely over to just ordering online and picking it up
1: well because the thing about chipotle is too like so, ex- I think we're getting a, you're getting a little ahead of yourself. Why exactly are the people bad
0: and the ordering experience terrible? Because nobody can decide what they want to put on their fucking sandwich. It's just, like... It, the more options you give somebody, like, the harder time they're going to have, and, like, the more picky they automatically become because they walked inside the fucking subway. Like, it's... Like, you walk in, like, the tiny little bell rings. Like, you walk in, at least my subway, the bell rings, and it's just like, oh, I'm in for a time here. Like, that's, like, that's, like, signaling my death as soon as you walk in the door. <laughs> and, like, and then it, my subway has, like, these weird pictures of framed, like, framed pictures of just, like, cheese. It's it. <laughs> what? It's just pictures of cheese. Like, a block of cheese. And it's in a frame on the wall. Like, there's some choices happening at my local subway.
2: But, yeah, like, if you wa- if I'll you, say.
0: If you walk in, and you walk in, and there's no one else in there, you're golden. Like, I pray for the day I walk into su- the subway, and there's nobody there. But, like, when you, when you walk in, and there's a like, line already, you might as well just walk right out, because it takes at least what feels like a half an hour, which is maybe only ten minutes, to get maybe it's not just to get your sandwich because everybody's just so like you walk into subway and they're like oh i have my sandwich but i also need to order five other sandwiches for people that aren't here no or no do you know what i would do if someone's like hey can you like order me and like two other people or three people here a sandwich when you go to subway i'd say no i'm not wasting my life doing that for you (laughs)
1: I mean, so the other problem is regardless of what you order at Subway, you're going to have to make choices. Like you can't just order usually at any kind of line type restaurant or eating establishment. When you have options on the wall, those are specifically to prevent the kind of hemming and hawing that you find at Subway. But at Subway, you order a sandwich. And they're still going to ask you what
0: you want on top of it. So it like defeats the purpose. Exactly. And like people go to the subway, like they're not prepared to make those decisions. Like, like if, they don't... If, you can't, if you can't tell me like what you want on your sandwich, as, like when you see options in front of you, I don't want you getting back well, in see, your car and driving like, home. If
1: you ask someone away from the subway line, they could probably tell you exactly what they liked on their sandwich. But then when they get there, it's like deer and headlights. But so Chipo- God. Chipotle at least isn't as bad because there's discrete categories and more of them. Like, yeah, you'll get the people that are like, can you give me a couple extra beans and like stuff like that. But generally, it's like you know what kind of sauce you want. For me, usually, the act of Chipotle slowdown is just things getting shuffled between the various people, which doesn't really happen at Subway. At Subway, it's just like, here. Here's an array of 50 condiments and uh, toppings and cheeses and meats. What do you want? And it's like, holy shit. I my brain I just fucking exploded. I'm not exploded. ready for this. I went prepared. to Subway and forgot that every time you go to Subway, you're pre- presented with this galaxy
0: of options and <laughs> you have to choose from them. It's like a, it's like the loadout menu of restaurants. It's like, yeah. It's like I I clicked on this, and now I have to customize it. What do I do? Like, it's just so infuriating because, like, you suddenly lose being like a wizard
1: in a role playing game.
0: You suddenly lose all all sense of of anything once you walk in there, and like, it's it's like breaks it breaks down into like it breaks down into like four main choices. What kind of what kind of sandwich do you want? What kind of bread do you want? Would you want cheese on it do you want it toasted and excuse me that's five and what things do you want on it like that's it and if you can figure that out i think you're fine
1: yeah like i think the problem is like you should have less options
0: Mm -hmm. it's the paradox of choice like, it's a real thing that happens. choose their
1: toppings.
0: Exactly. Like, Be like, okay, you want an Italian BMT? Well, it comes with these things on it already. So get your fucking sandwich right. and get out of here. Right. And, like, if you want no onions, like,
1: specify that. And then the person yes. goes and makes it. And, like, you can tell them what kind of dressing and that. Like, what kind of dressing. But, like, if you order a something that has provolone on it, you're getting provolone unless you say different. So, yes. like, it's opt in rather than opt out and that's better
0: and that's better you know uh but then you can't put 20
1: uh, oh my god you're breaking out sart on us
0: i am john paul sart said that hell is other people hell is other people but specifically people at subway
1: yeah then i would like to see a staging of no exit that takes place (laughs) in a subway agreed that would be perfect actually agreed agreed Charlie, when can we open our black box theater where we have Kafka's Metamorphosis within a Ruby Tuesdays or a staging of No Exit in Subway? I think we're on to something here. I, what think, are sp- I, th- I think it's fine. I think we could
0: probably do that. We'd probably make some money on, off of that one. Waiting for
1: Godot staged inside a Starbucks where
0: you're waiting to meet up with someone? <laughs> what we're just describing is like, uh liminal spaces inside of restaurants and or public <laughs> areas which i'm right. very familiar with that's another story for another maybe day maybe that's
1: how to get people uh well i don't know that i want to give any more power over to capitalism because if you start having like this staging of no exit sponsored by subway like that's getting into some dirty territory that maybe i don't want that is i want like an off-brand
0: subway yeah i mean you don't have to explicitly say it's subway Right? Exactly. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but um, just remember that anytime you walk into a subway, if you have a
1: play that you would like to see in a particular chain eating establishment, email us at <laughs> youngonescast at gmail dot com, or tweet us on Twitter at youngonescast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that's Subway. <laughs> anyway, Subway's not the X Men or comics yet. I mean. It could be it could be
1: it could be who would be the worst for walking into a sandwich shop it would be jamie madrox
0: it yes absolutely it would be
1: because you would walk you would walk in and you're like okay there's only one other person in line and then he like trips walking forward and there's like five of him and then they all want five different sandwiches and then you're like what the fuck and also i hate this i hate this exactly nice segue by the way you're welcome. I I didn't even do it intentionally. I was gonna ask like a cute bit idea, and then I was like, "Oh no, it's Jamie! It's Jamie!" And I feel like everyone that knows him feels the same way.
0: <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Because Jamie Madrox is the most. Uh, he he hates making He's choices the most. and decisions. He's, He's the, the most. most. Jamie he just does is the most. the most.
1: Yes. He needs to do less. <laughs> Always. <laughs>
0: Always, always.
1: Can you just do less, Jamie, please?
0: That does bring us into the book I've been reading for a couple of weeks, but you just actually sat down and read one through three, which I actually went back and read one through three yesterday, like in a row. Mm -hmm. I think it reads a lot better that way.
1: Yeah. Like this is not a dig on the creative team, who is Matthew Rosenberg and Andy McDonald. That's not a dig on them at all. It's just. A statement on, you know, like the sequential medium and how that does with different stories.
0: I can see why people wait for things to be completed before they read them because it makes makes your experience a little bit better, right? Yeah, sometimes it does flow better. Sometimes like I think
1: there's certain things that are worth watching week to week on TV or reading month to month or week to week how or bi weekly whichever mm-hmm. the release schedule is. Like, some things work really well for that. And some things are just, like, you only want in small doses anyway. Like, like some mainline books, I think, it's best to read monthly. Like, Cable. Cable's, like, always an emotional gut punch, like the latest series. Reading that back-to-back was, like, actually... Uh, like That was... Yeah, that was... Mm, I'm sorry about that one. No, that's okay. Like, for those, reading it month-to-month, like, I couldn't handle that being a weekly book, right? It would be bad for my heart. Yeah, it would be. But some things, yeah, do read better in trades.
0: Yeah, and this is a little wacky, but I think reading it together gives it a lot more heft. Mm, Yeah. Because you you can follow the lines. When you read one, and then two, and then three months apart, you're like... I'm getting it, but like I'm not pulling those threads as tight as I could be. Anyway, multiple man. Jamie Madrox. Jamie Madrox. By Matthew Rosenberg and Andy McDonald is, in my opinion, really, really great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's, There's a lot of small touches. As with everything that
0: Matthew Rosenberg does.
1: Yeah, he is so good. He's so good at capturing characters' essences and at those small touches. Actually, let's 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 give our full creative team first before we get too into it. So as we said, it's written by Matthew Rosenberg with the art by Andy McDonald. Colors by Tamara Bonvil- Bonvillan. I'm sorry, Tamara. Uh- <laughs> and letters by Travis Lanham and covers by
0: Marcos Martin. with well, the covers of this have been amazing. Yeah. Like they they've they've, re- they've really just been like off the charts good i really like the minimalist stuff yeah yeah
1: and the the running rictus grin jamie on the first one is really good too i like the second one a lot
0: yeah the second one's really good yeah the second one's really good so if you didn't know uh jamie Madrox died in death of x of empax which is you know that's a long story it's basically a terrigen mist byproduct
1: yeah, like disease that kills mutants.
0: Yeah, specifically. So Jamie was gone for like a bunch of years after X and then he came back in Death of X just to die. Wasn't happy with that one. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people were, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Wasn't happy with that one. Uh, I understand why that happened, because uh, you can show a lot of carnage like with Jamie's dupes, but it didn't work for me.
1: Well, and that was specifically in that, didn't they make it clear that that was Jamie Prime? Mm-hmm. They could have later then said, like, there was narrative space for them to say that was a dupe that just said he was Jamie Prime, but actually
0: he was a dupe, but
1: still, like, it felt pretty final.
0: It felt pretty bad after, like, not seeing this character for a really long time, and then...
1: Yeah, you were like,
0: why is Jamie on Moor Island? Yeah. Bad. Bad things. I did not like the end of XFI anyway. Especially as far as Jamie was concerned, but that's that's going that's in the past because Jamie's. Uh, I mean, Jamie's still dead.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a, let's, let's get <laughs> it's into a long it. Story. It's so a long story. The team from New Mutants Dead Souls shows up because it's not explicitly like coinciding temporally with that, but you they're in that those costumes, so you kind of get the sense that. You know, there's some shared time there. Like, Ileana's got the same, like, really cool haircut where she's got, like, the bangs and, like, side shaves so the bangs, like, bleed right into her hair, which is still, like, such a good look. And so the whole team is here. Rick's here. I really like... they, They blast open this door, and they're looking for someone, but, like, it's like, who are they looking for? And... We get a panel where Rick's like kneeling and there's just the floor is carpeted with these gross baked bean cans and Guido says what does this tell us Richter and Richter says whoever was in here was real gross
0: (laughs) which is so good. Yes. So it's it's Jamie or it's a Jamie it's a Jamie and they bring it back to Beast's lab and
1: I love that Beast is hanging upside down like singing. That was also very good
0: the moingo boingo yeah i like how rick uh throws off like destroys all the stuff that was on beast's like a lab table yeah <laughs> it's also very good and they lay jamie down and he's just covered in crud it's gross it's it's not jamie it's a duplicate of jamie who we learn was locked inside of that vault room laboratory yeah vault well,
1: it's a laboratory vault. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, like dual purpose space. Also, like thinking about it, this is probably really weird for Rick and Rain and yes. you know. Because like this is a guy that was their leader for a long time and like maybe wasn't always the best, but he was someone that they could kind of rely on. And now, you know, this per- now they found this person that's supposed to be dead. and he's dying and in a state so like just think about that for a second
0: yeah and you know what i I thought about it being kind of weird that there wasn't any more like connective tissue there when i first read it but then like as we progress in the story it kind of makes a little sense more sense to me
1: The one thing I really like about Matthew Rosenberg, too, is you don't have to know the background information to get into any of his stories. He's very good at crafting a story that kind of picks up immediately and doesn't rely on a lot of previous continuity. But if you know it, it adds to it. Like, that is one thing that I consistently love about his work and really appreciate. Agreed. As someone that, you know, like, I personally love knowing the gritty details about comics canon like even when i don't read like i'll go and look stuff on wikis so i know the context but not everyone is that type of reader so i do appreciate being able because then the thing is like you feel it feels it actually feels better to have that stuff be hinted out than make it explicit and make it a necessary thing to know to get into it yeah like because then it feels like you're in on an insider secret it's like Oh shit! like I know why this is going on, like, and I know why everyone's like there's this extra layer of sad if you think about it, and oh fuck, like I know the secret secret that maybe I wasn't supposed to know except you actually were, and now I feel terrible about it, and we
0: and we don't need a we don't need an editor's note,
1: right, yeah, like it's it's not necessary, it's like if you know it, it adds an extra layer, if not, it will come out in the text in some form or another kudos i don't I don't I'm like not yeah fanning or anything it's just like i really appreciate that style of writing especially reading a ton of comics where that's not the case and where they expect you to know exactly what
0: happened in like messiah complex like
1: <laughs> like 10 years ago at this ago.
0: point yeah and like there's a lot going on so i think it's it's it doesn't i don't think we need to like really dive deep in uh <laughs> A panel to panel. No, but I did forget that they
1: give Jamie a Subway sandwich and a Chipotle burrito.
0: (laughs) They do. So tying
1: it back into our earlier discussion.
0: Well, he he takes the sandwich and he eats the burrito. Yeah,
1: he steals Kitty's burrito.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, he also takes all the tomatoes out of the footlong or puts them in unclear.
0: (laughs) And you get the sense that there's something going on, but you don't quite know what it is because it's been a while since you've seen Jamie. So, like, it's like, mm, this is a little strange.
1: Yeah, like, it's a little weird because Hank says each is a prominent piece, like, he's explaining the concept of duplicates in a really good way because they're, like, trying to figure out what's wrong with him, but it's nice, like, if you aren't familiar with Jamie that it kind of acts as a primer. Again, really love, like, tying that Into the narrative, like that, there's a reason for Hank. He kind of talks out loud, and so we learn that he's been running experiments on himself. You know, Hank's like each duplicate is a prominent piece of the real Jamie, to which this Jamie says, "I am the real Jamie because
0: Jamie Prime is dead."
1: Right, and it's it kind of struck me as a weird thing for him to say. Also, yeah, of course he's the real Jamie because he's sitting here, but for him to be so immediately defensive, it's like, yeah, there's definitely something. Jamie Madrox is not someone that's known for making a lot of plans ahead of time. Like, <laughs> okay, he, he thinks that he's a strategic mastermind, but usually his plans end up, at least in my experience with his publication history, his plans usually end up like he has like this plan of like this deep that knows some things, but then that all ends up getting thrown out the window and then he has to improvise. And sometimes it doesn't go so hot sometimes he makes an army of dupes to storm the city of New York with
0: trash can shields like he's in fucking 300 you know I just read that issue the other day (laughs) did you reread it I did I went back and I don't know why I was doing that I just did it's such
1: a good image like (laughs) it it is really good it's so like yeah like that's that's prime Jamie is like we need to take back our streets and like he sits like thinking about it for three days and then on the fly he's like we're gonna reenact 300 and it's like (laughs) Jamie what the fuck
0: (laughs) I mean, that's what everybody's saying all the time, um, right? Exactly. But you know, looking back on that, those first like couple scenes until we get until like that, Jamie steals Bishop's time travel device and then comes back, and then when we get further into the story. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, all that weird stuff makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and I also want to say like, because I do want to spend like a little bit of time on the setup. We get kind of, like, this really interesting scene where Jamie steals um, the burrito. Ileana's kind of like, that's Kitty's. And they kind of, like, have a short discussion. Ileana's also wearing a Susie and the Banshees t-shirt, which we didn't get Guido with Carly Ray, but we got Susie and the Banshees with the logo. But whatever. It totally works for her. She would totally listen to Susie. But they kind of have this exchange Ileana and Jamie are both kind of people that have problems but won't tell people and try to pass it off as everything's fine. So they have this like they're just sitting there really awkwardly and I can picture that so vividly in my head of like they're both kind of in the same place right now. And that's why I feel that this is kind of especially because Rosenberg is also writing that this is in line with Dead Souls temporarily Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they're both very like. We're acting like everything's fine, but it's not.
0: Yeah, this this dupe is basically just disintegrating from the inside out because Jamie Prime is dead, and you can't maintain that. And he spent like years at this point, like lo- a long time in that laboratory, trying to figure out a way to make it so if the Jamie Prime died, that the duplicate could still stay here
1: yeah because the other thing is in theory if jamie prime died like a would have no way of knowing but would just die instantly so like why is he here at all like it's very strange
0: it is very strange and we don't get the real reason why until issue number three but you know this jamie goes into the future and comes back and then there's another Jamie that comes back and they have a fight.
1: Yeah, we also don't know what he does in the future. He's clearly, like, gone to the future and comes back and is like, it's only been 15 minutes. So, like, he mm-hmm. misjudged his time skip. Yeah, like something. They both come back and then the... One of them reabsorbs the other. And because they're wearing the same clothing, it's really hard to tell which is who. I think it's the...
0: I think it's the- I, I think it's it's the Jamie we're with, we, we've been with, we're with the rest yeah, of the time. Yeah, but it's still like, like ambiguous yeah. enough. Yeah. It could potentially be the other one because... There's a lot of nonsense going on. Whenever they merge, they, yeah, there's a lot going on and there's a lot, lot, lot going on, as, including other versions of, versions of other characters that are also Jamie.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> Hank, Hank brings up the fact that he should be dead and then jamie's like sits and thinks about it for a second because he's like but what if and he's like well yeah i should be but then does it like elaborate on that further
0: (laughs) no (laughs) not at all
1: yeah so we get then some really interesting fusions we get a deadpool with wolverine style laser claws that has, like, a multiple man. His, like, buttons on the front of his uniform are in, like, multiple man style array. And then we get a Cable Warlock and multiple man. <laughs> yes. And Hulk. I can't tell if the wizard is Doctor Strange multiple man. I think it's, like, Cloak Doctor Strange multiple man.
0: I uh, Yeah, I think you're correct.
1: And then we get Hulk. Oh, yeah, he comes out the cloak. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole time.
0: Yeah. They come from the future to take Jamie into the future with them. Some some stuff happens after that. Yeah. Um, wasn't expecting it. I also wasn't expecting to see Layla, Layla Miller again at all.
1: Yeah. But it was really good. So the Jamie's, the Jamie, like, the, tri- the 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 conglomeration of jamies yeah they remind me of the like various super scrolls that came out of um secret invasion where they like had muxed with various other superheroes so they take jamie back back to the future the future they came <laughs> from and everything is this like fascist dictatorship where everyone is like there's multiple men cops and, like, a statue of a Jamie duplicate on a throne of skulls. Yeah. And then the cops are beating up this kid that's begging who says, Screw you, Gene
0: Joke, which is... Gene Joke is a classic, and I really hope that it comes back more. (laughs) Yeah. That that was a classic 90s uh, mutant insult.
1: Yeah, so... They're, like, beating up this kid, and Jamie goes to stop the cops, and then for some unknown reason, the fusions, I'm just going to call them the fusions, yeah that's so much easier. The fusions, like, murder, like, straight up murder the cops when Jamie, like, Jamie just wanted to talk to them, um, and he's like, what the hell, and then more cops show up, because you can just create infinite cops when you're multiple, man. Yes. And then eventually they like fight them all off. And the kid is just like, follow me. Like, I need to show you something. And you're you're like, why do you Jamie's like, why do you trust me? And he's like, you're not like them. Which is kind of like, I mean, how do you know that? Because they all look (laughs) the same.
2: (laughs) And he's like, I just
1: know. And then they show up to a table with another kid there. And they're like welcome to the resistance, and there's just resistance in paint behind this kid who's like eating cereal or something and has a Lila Cheney shirt on. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Jamie's
0: just like, "This is the resistance, huh?" <laughs> Everything after this point is just the dialogue is just so funny. Like yeah, it's just the dialogue's really good. Oh, it's just, it's so good. Other good points
1: include. Jamie singing and drinking a beer in the shower. the beer um is multi brawl by the way, which is very good, so there's like multiple man branded beer in this like fascist future, this like totalitarian state. yes, forge is a head in a
0: jar, yeah. Who's like lost his will to live? Yeah, which is, I'm a floating which... head
1: in a washing machine. Sleep is pretty much all I have. Is one thing he <laughs> says at one
0: point. Um, We skipped over it, but the the kid, the kid in the Lila Cheney T-shirt is Davy Miller, who is Layla and Jamie Prime's son. Right, and he also knows stuff. I don't know if you caught that. I did, you did catch a that? little
1: bit. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, but he also knows stuff, and Layla shows up when Jamie's in the shower.
1: He doesn't say that explicitly, though, which is good, but he's kind of like, I just know that you're a good guy. But the here's the thing. Like, he could know stuff in a lot of different ways, and it's not yeah. really clear but which. But
0: it's supposed to, it's like supposed to, Yeah, it's supposed to evoke that, which is really interesting.
1: Yeah. What we do learn is this Jamie has never met Layla, so... He was a dupe from before XFI, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I kept thinking to myself at the end of issue three, Jamie's talking to the, his evil self, and they're like, "No, we were, we were both like this, and that's why Jamie locked us away." Mm-hmm. I was wondering if this is if this is somehow the dupe that pushed Rick off of the building. I mean, yeah, it could
1: be. Yeah, I was thinking about that. But the thing is, like, he didn't recognize Layla at all, so it would have had to have been, yeah, like, pre her showing up. Because she shows up pretty early on in that.
0: Yeah, but like, after, it was after issue one. But no, that was just something that my mind went to. I doubt that it is, but I didn't know how I felt about, like, the art in the first issue. But it's really, really grown on me.
1: No, I actually really like it. I really, really like it. As As we've gone here. It's
0: really, really expressive. Yeah, it's like it's it's cartoony in a in like a good way. It's like on the right side of cartoony, instead of like on like for a book like this, which has got like some really darker undercurrents, especially mm. issue three. I will be very very surprised if Deus Ex Machina of this book isn't Teresa Cassidy. Mm. I would love it, and I really want that to happen, and I think it might but it might not, which I won't be disappointed about, but I think Matt knows a lot of things. Matt knows just the right amount of things to bring in.
1: Yeah. Okay, fuck. I forgot Cortex was a dupe.
0: Yeah. Cortex was a dupe.
1: So, like, there's plenty of There's stuff, plenty of evil so... ones. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's the other interesting thing is, so, like, his scars have, like, this pattern, and but none of the dupes have a scar, Except for the cable one, Mm -hmm. have the M scar. Correct. That's the thing that's missing. Right. So only the cable one does, but he's like, well, we'll get there. So Jamie makes washing machine forge. Like he's creating like all these junk science, like junk implements to basically like copy Bishop's time thing and make like a bunch of. Time bracelets. Um, we also have some nice... From, like, Doctor Strange, do we have some really nice um, Easter eggs. So, like, at one point, he says by the mouth of Minoru or something like that, which mm-hmm. I assume is supposed to be, like, the Minoru family, as in Nico Minoru. Um, we also get by the sorrowful soul of Zadarsky, um, <laughs> which is really good. Yeah, no, that one was very good. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, you know, Jamie goes and has tells Forge to make more time bracelets, and then they realize that the cops have somehow tracked them back to the base and to this bunk the resistance bunker. And so, like, all the cops show up,
0: yeah. And it's not a good scene. I mean, everybody, no, it's very bad, yeah. Also, like, the cable
1: warlock fusion having like the warlock be. Like, this weird techno-organic virus thing is really cool.
0: No, it's, it's, um, all of it's very clever.
1: Yeah. My favorite thing is Jamie getting everyone together, like, getting ready to fight. And also, Layla has no interest in fighting them. And so he asks Davy like, where she went. And Davy says, she's gone. And Jamie says, she ran away and left you. And then Davy says, no, she had yoga today. so she just like peaced out of the bunker
0: (laughs) I mean she's very bitter which is you know
1: yeah no it was good like it's funny because she looked visually to me a lot like Uma Thurman and she was very much projecting that like Uma Thurman like I'm so fucking done with you vibe that's (laughs) like in all of Uma Thurman's appearances in like Tarantino movies and it was like it was really good it was really, really good. <laughs>
0: yeah, as someone who's not a big fan of adult Layla Miller, like, and which is only because of but Peter David,
1: Layla Miller as like Uma Thurman and also Sarah Connor, tired mom, is extremely good. Yeah, no, that's very good. Like, that's that's very, very good. And it's not. It's interesting too because then um, Davy gets to be kind of the same, like, like just not obnoxious in the sense that he's. Like snotty or anything like that. He gets to be the weird kid that Layla yeah, was he gets in XFI. Be- yeah, but like in a really good way. He's not like, oh, I know more than you. He's just like, he is getting himself and other people into situations that maybe he shouldn't be, and like is just completely unflapped by it. Like that unflappable nature of Layla Mil- of kid Layla Miller, not yeah. the like, not obnoxious and like a weird plot device. He's just kind yeah. of like low grade, like unflappable, weird, uh, like unequivocable kid,
0: right? Yeah, um, which is what I liked about kid Layla Miller and XFI. Right. Like she was just weird and creepy. Yeah.
1: Oh, sorry, I was mistaken. Um, the cable duplicate does not have the M. The cloak nobody does. Strange. No, cloak yeah, strange Yeah, that's the only one
0: that does. Like, right. So it- it's a, it's a thing. Like, it's definitely a thing because like, you yeah, know, like, that- that's not like a weird throwaway thing. No. The fact that the M scar is like not present on most of these duplicates is important. Because if we remember Messiah complex, like that's when like Jamie and Layla got stuck in the future, like got stuck in Bishop's future. Mm-hmm. And that's when they got the, that's when they both got the M brand. Um,
1: right you know and and people have been saying
0: for for people have been saying since death of x like the fact that like the jamie there didn't have the m scar like that it wasn't really jamie like and that was probably just an arting error but matthew rosenberg is taking that and absolutely running with it
1: or at least you think so because it's not necessarily clear yet i don't think correct Um, but it is like in previous comics canon um, for those who aren't as familiar with Jamie Madrox, um in previous Comics Canon, like the duplicates will take on whatever scars and physical dismemberment that Jamie has. So you know, like if he rec- received a scar that his subsequent duplicates
0: would not. Yeah, and this and, and this dupe was locked away, way it must have been locked away way before XFI then. Mm-hmm. Maybe not way before, but certainly before because That all happened during that, so this one doesn't know, like, and that's an interesting retcon if we go forward, like, not really retcon, but, like, a a weird, interesting way to, like, remove some kind of weird baggage that Jamie has as far as, like, Layla was his kid, and then she got aged up, and then he married her. Yeah. Like, that's just always been very weird to me, and it was mostly because it was Pad's agenda. (laughs) Yeah, um, because he and li- then they also li-
1: like died and then yeah because he came back from the dead and had sex that was the whole time
0: yeah and it, like because he like vicariously lived through jamie which is very weird like um like yeah pad projected on jamie a whole lot in xfi and it's it wasn't a good scene in my opinion um so um it'll be interesting going forward if like, this... I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen with this This duplicate seems a little... The duplicate we've been following seems a little down for the count at the moment, considering um, he got his head cut off at the end of yeah.
1: the last yeah, so, issue. Yeah, that was... That was a whole time. Um, they also had, like, a really interesting exchange. Yes. So... And the the wizard Doctor Strange got killed by the Wolverine. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Like, there's weird things going on. Like, the Deadpool-Wolverine combo, like, it's schist, not shinked, because it's a knockoff Wolverine. He doesn't have a real claws. Actually, fuck, you know what they are? I think they're psychic Betsy Braddock-style claws. Oh, maybe. Because they have that... Like the same kind of like particle effect, they could be. It's unclear, it's
0: unclear, but there's some anything weird goes. stuff. Go- there's some weird stuff going on, and um, yeah, let's Jamie, just say Jamie sends like the dupes back into the future
1: and tells him to look for people, but then like one of them gets killed, but he doesn't remember which, remember one, got
2: which killed. one it is,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the whole time. This is gonna, this is it, this continues to just escalate. Like there's yeah, no idea like escalating in ways that that like aren't clear. Correct, and there's like some there's like no de-escalation. Like it just yeah. continues to escalate, which is just like a yeah. really weird feeling reading a comic. Also, I'm re-looking back
1: through it now, like because I didn't take screenshots of some of issue three. Davy has like four watches on. Uh, yeah, which is interesting. Um, Forge takes a grenade into his jar mind um so he's gone yeah and then yeah so davy or i guess we get the bang like davy we don't know what happened
0: to him we're assuming he's dead
1: yeah davy davy gets a gun i guess it's not a misfire um like this viceroy of um like jamie actually now that I think about it looks is like drawn kind of a little bit like Zach Thompson which is funny um, <laughs> uh, he shoots both like I, I would not there's enough like little bits and pieces here that like nothing would surprise me if it's intentional um, but at the very least he's he's got like kind of this very regal evil beard that he is stroking correct Correct. Um and he Jamie he puts he's like ready to shoot uh Davy and Jamie's like, no, he's not the leader, he's the coffee boy, and then evil Jamie shoots him anyway, and then takes our Jamie back to Emperor Prime, um, who is seeking to become the Prime Jamie, um, and who has like these really awful. Like, he's killed all the X-Men and, like, stolen various artifacts. He just has, the like, the soul sword kind of, like, sitting
0: in a, um... Yeah, it's really pretty gruesome.
1: Yeah. He's made... Like, he's killed all the Avengers and everything, too, which is even more interesting um, when Jamie says, like, he's gonna go send them. There's, like, Lockjaw's skull, like, a sentinel head, um, like, a... Um. Any anyway, like everybody's up on a wall, or this emperor prime has like pieces of them. Yeah, the um, trophies. Yeah, and he's got the olive branches behind his ears, like fucking Roman emperor, and just like has turned Hank McCoy into a rug. Um. But then the oh, way geez. that they talk, Jamie's like, "Oh, geez." Yeah, like, which is when really re- good. <laughs> yeah. And then we learn that or at least this Emperor Prime says that Jane like he made Jamie or doesn't remember making him. Yeah, he
0: doesn't remember.
1: Um and then so our Jamie says you and I both know that when they pulled us out of that bunker on Moore Island, we were already an evil megalomaniacal shitbag. That's what put us in there in the first place trying to become the Prime Jamie. When our Prime died, All that was left was that treacherous scheming parts of him, us. So they both theoretically, like, are parts of the Jamie that got pulled out of the bunker on Moira Island. Correct. Which is even more interesting when you consider that, like, that Jamie was supposed to have died.
0: So there were more of him. Well, they're the same person. Like this, there was a divergence. Like this, Jamie—that's like the Jamie that was helping the resistance—is the is a duplicate of like—is this—is technically the same Jamie that became the emperor. Um, he just went back in time to stop it because he changed. Oh,
1: okay, interesting. Yeah,
0: so like they're like the same person, but like at a different, like at a at a divergence. That's why he says like, "I'm just proof that a man can change." Like
1: yeah i don't i don't know about that though because like as far as we know
0: as far as we know we don't know what the fuck is going on yeah (laughs) let's just leave that out there my thought my thought is that
1: this is not this is like a duplicate of that person somewhere along the line or yeah, or when Jay- when our Jamie took that first trip, he accidentally co- created a duplicate that then became this evil person.
0: Yeah, I mean it could be it could be either either or. Yeah, but it's interesting
1: that because theoretically, at least how they've been working with this so far, as things change in the future, you remember what happened. Um, so it's interesting that this Jane that. Emperor Jamie doesn't remember our Jamie like at all.
0: Yeah, which is uh, it, which is a thing. Like, like every little bit's gonna come back in some way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, yeah, absolutely. and I like this.
1: Yeah, and I like this whole thing of like, there's this whole undeterminate amount of indeterminate amount of time that we haven't seen that Jamie, our Jamie's existed in, mm-hmm. and then yeah he gets his head sliced off it's really he interesting
0: head cut off and i have no idea where this is going so yeah
1: it's a <laughs> wild ride for sure but yeah I so you should read it. it
0: uh you should read it Even and we've you spoiled should... it all but yeah. yeah yeah you should read it it's very if you good you haven't already <laughs> that was a long discussion about multiple man but that was also three issues of multiple man so
1: yeah i'm fairly i kind of had to talk through it and puzzle it out myself
0: yeah no it's kind of it, 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 it it's complicated but it makes more sense when you read it through like one two three like yeah it it, it, it makes a lot more sense yeah so that happened over the yeah. last couple of months at this point
1: mr and mrs x also happened
0: which yeah
1: i won't talk about for too long
0: you read for the first time though. Yeah. How did you I mean I read it when it came out a couple weeks ago, but what did you think it was about cute. it? I thought it was cute. Yeah, it, no, it it um um it kind of spirals out of that rambit of ramb, Rambit! That's their name together, I think. Is Let's it? not talk yeah, it is. Let's not talk about like whether or not you make a portmanteau if it doesn't really work. Like for a <laughs> ship, because I have a lot of feelings about that. I don't um, think it is necessary. No. If it's cute and good, like Rickstar, use it. If it's not Wickling, great,
1: I hate Wickling so much. I that's hate that's bad. It it's, looks bad. It sounds bad. Sounds it's bad, bad, it's bad it's to bad. say. It's like bad on your tongue. I love. Obviously, I love Hulkling and Wiccan together. But I do not like the Wickling wasn't used until like latter days of Tumblr either. As a exactly, name, which exactly. Is, So, like people have been, people have been like, like it doesn't bother me because it's a new ship name. It bothers me because it's like bad. Like it just sounds ugly there's not a like, good
0: ship name for no Billy and Teddy and it's okay if you just say Billy, Te- Billy and Teddy or Billy Teddy like that's fine just like say Scott Emma not Schema or whatever the fuck oh, you're trying to do over here sounds
1: like a disease
0: exactly it sounds, like a, skin- yeah, <laughs> like, it sounds a like a bad skin yeah it sounds like a bad skin disease like don't do that and I see people doing it all the time and I'm like don't just shove the names together like or if if there's a good, if it's good, what would what would like a Rogan or
1: like st- <laughs> st- uh Stolverine? Like what would like people? I'm there's, sure there's, people. There's things that are. Are I'm wolf, sure wolf, people. Wolf, 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 wolf. Storm. Storm. Or you or or you could just go with warm worm, worm, like W. <laughs> worm. <laughs> <laughs> like. People are all over this shit. I'm just like, can we not? Yeah, like, I understand, like, wanting to find, like, a cute name for your shit, but sometimes devoting, like, if you have to really think about it and devote all this energy to it, it's probably not worth it in the end. I'm sorry,
0: guys. It's never going to get, you're never going to have (laughs) it. It's not going to be, it's not going to be the cute one. It's going to be the ugly one, and you're going to use it, and it's bad, and you probably just shouldn't. It's okay if it's, like, Nightcrawler. slash logan you don't need to make a weird name for it like i don't know i'm sorry rickstar just rolled off the tongue so good it's such a good one
1: it's 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 literally just putting like two things together it's not like some of them try to combine them in like a cute way like
0: like uh uh poe and finn is um storm pilot that's cute yeah like if you but can like, go for something like that, great.
1: Like calling it like foe or something like that would not have been good. That would have been bad.
0: A bad <laughs> that would have been a bad thing. God. Okay, I'm getting off this soapbox.
1: All right. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, Rambit is not a thing. Um. However, Rogue <gasps> marrying Gambit is. I like. Okay. I've got. Let's talk about who, who. Let's talk about who did this book first. Okay. Yeah.
0: We should do that. yes because kelly thompson is amazing and you should know that she wrote wrote, uh, mr and mrs x and the rogue and gambit miniseries that came before it
1: yeah so this is done this is written by kelly thompson um with art by oscar um bazadua bazaldua sorry um you know what let's let's try this one again Yeah, so this is Mr. and Mrs. X, written by Kelly Thompson, with art by Oscar Basildua, colors by Frank Deramarda, and the cover artist is the always excellent Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson, which is really cute. They're amazing covers, but it's also really good that they are doing the covers for a book about a married couple. Like mm-hmm. that that was really neat to me, I thought. I, I like that too. It's good. Yeah, it was like some nice synergy. So um just really briefly, so we we start basically like kind of recapping the events of X-Men Gold. Um, we do get some additional cool little hints. So um we get Laura taking a claw out and trimming like making Remy's haircut slightly better. Mm-hmm. Which is really funny, and she tells him to stop squirming.
0: <laughs> no, it's good, and it calls back to, like, the fact that, like, Laura and Gambit have history.
1: Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it's... The one thing... The art is generally pretty good. However, um... There's, like, this weird issue, and I, this, I'm this i not gonna, like, go too far into critiquing it. Um... But, like, there's some issues sometimes where the hands look really small or, like, certain facial features will look too small,
0: which is kind of weird. Like... It's... It, and there Sometimes the faces are a little too round for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of... <laughs> like,
0: I get it, and it's cute most of the time, but sometimes it's, like... It's, it's a little bit... It's a little, yeah, too, it's a yeah. little bit too much.
1: It's funny, because... Oh, yeah. I forgot, like, Gambit squirming, and then so Laura asks if she wants him or if he wants her to stab him to like give him something else to focus and he's like i'll pass and then she kind of like makes a face in the background and like (laughs) like puts her hands up in the eye the air and kind of like grimaces like full body which is really funny (laughs) because we normally don't see laura emote very much but she's very um very frustrated by like Remy's like fidgeting. I think it's like making her anxious, which is really uh, yeah, good. Yeah, no,
0: it's really good.
1: Um and we also get some Iliana who is who we find out doesn't like spiders. Um which is kind of like Iliana doesn't get to be cute usually.
0: Um Yeah, I appreciate I I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and Rogue also like has like a girl talk with her kind of and Iliana's just like not having it. <laughs> um, because Rogue wants her a power dampening collar for her wedding night, which bad. It sounds bad. Yeah, it I just mean, sounds bad. Hey, do what you gotta do. And then, um, Jubilee gets really into like the traditional wedding stuff. Newly rehumaned or remutanted Jubilee is like really excited to de-vamped. be devamped. Devamped. There we go. That's a better word. She's really yeah. excited to be a part of this. So, um, that's, that was really cute. And, um, like all of the, all of the X-Men kind of like help this, um, like doing, they're doing like the something borrowed, something blue, like Jubilee has basically forced Rogue into doing this, um, to give her like the perfect wedding, which is kind of cute. And all the X-Men kind of contribute something. And then her mom shows up to give the something blue. Which they initially have, like, this really cute hug because Rogue's, like, really excited to see her. And then she asks everyone else to leave. And then, like, then waits from being really excited to have the talk of, like, okay, I'm glad to see you, but also what the fuck. Which I thought was really good. Like, she isn't just welcoming her back into open arms. She's, like, they, like, Kelly is not ignoring here. Like, the fact that they have a lot of history. Yeah. Not all of it good. And I I appreciated that. Because one thing that bugs me so much in comics is when, like, an event happens and, like, people that have a history just are forced to... Or, like, the narrative implies that, like, one thing will fix that history.
0: And that's just not the case. Right. And that bothers me so much. You can't just wipe away all that continuity. So no, right. I, I appreciated like, that um, quite a bit.
1: Yeah, but she basically tells her mom like her mom's like I did all- everything with good intentions, and she's like mm-hmm. sounds fake, but I'm glad to have you here. Just don't cause any problems, and like we'll just agree not to talk about all this stuff, which is also like an extremely wedding thing. Which yeah, I yeah,
0: I appreciate it. Let's just get let's just get through this.
1: Yeah, so. You know, they have Remy arranges like a honeymoon in the literal stars for them, but they have like an alarm that goes off. Kitty, they have like these narratively um, convenient bedsheets that keep trailing them around. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny because at one point they like Gambit just like goes to make a gesture and like lets his fall and Kitty (laughs) gets freaked out um which is really funny <laughs> um because it's like you know i like i like when tropes are played with like that like it's it's very good they also have some really cool like space uniforms like yeah no
0: their new Rogue uniforms space are really uniforms cool are so good no they're really really good i like them a lot
1: yeah because it's like it's so obviously like her classic design with the like halter
0: top, but made into a space uniform. And like the the X's are like offset on the side.
1: With yeah, like this very with this very
0: really, really cool patterning. It's like it's really I didn't good. even <laughs> notice
1: the X's. Good call yeah. there.
0: No, it's, it's
1: it's it's choice, actually. Yeah, I don't know who did these redesigns, but it's it's they're really good. And I space I usually am into space redesigns in general, but they're tough to get right and be like evocative. Like I know folks had a lot of issues with the O5 when they got their new uniforms and their space uniforms is like not looking particularly X-Men. They just looked like Voltron characters, but these are like straight up like you could tell yeah, from this a distance is a, that this is, this is a really good it.
0: Yeah, this is a really good fusion of of, of those. So yeah, um, the, so the, the Shiar Imperial Guard show up, and yeah, the uh, Shiar, the,
1: there's something going on with uh, the Shiar. Uh, the like former, it's I don't know. I guess she's functionally equivalent to like the head of state, the Majestrix, uh Lalandra, who is like I I would call them her queen, but her bodyguard. And personal aid is like imprisoned and then the Shiar guard show up. Um which is I don't I don't know that much about the Shiar, but they're I don't they're I don't interesting know, I, space I don't people. Yeah, I looked they're, they're, up there's... enough just like I looked up a while back to figure out what the fuck was up with Charles Xavier and his weird space girlfriend. <laughs> and that's about all I know.
0: Yeah, they're they're space bird people who are mean. That's all that's really yeah. all you need to know. Yeah. Um yeah, so that happens and then Deadpool shows up.
1: Yeah. Well, so there's some weird kind of crystal that never gets shown and Astra I guess has phasing powers so Rogue um Rogue touches her to like defeat her kind of. Um but then in so doing like takes her phasing power and then is like forced out into space. And she doesn't have any way to get back and she doesn't have any air or anything, which is terrifying. And, and Gambit's freaking out. Yeah, because he's like, she doesn't have any gear and can't survive out there because she's just like literally floating out in space in a ball like so close yet so far away. And then she is teleported away to Deadpool on a bed um, with this weird like opalescent egg. So that's a whole time.
0: Yeah, which I mean that's dovetailing out of uncanny like Jerry Duggan's Uncanny Avengers, mm. like they they kissed in it ahead of time. Yeah, no, it's really that.
1: it's really it's it's uh it's always interesting and I'm I'm down for it because I think he's like a good foil for this whole like married couple nonsense that's going on. Also, oh I forgot to mention Gambit makes like a whip joke, um like a in a sexual fashion and. They have this whole conversation as they're beating up the Shi'ar Imperial Guard. They have this whole conversation on, like, conversational consent and, like, what conversations are appropriate to have when it's just them and what conversations are appropriate to have um, when... There's people, other people around, which is really good as a married couple thing, but also goes back to I know people had a lot of misgivings about them getting married, but it shows that they're still working on themselves as a couple, which I thought was really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, the whole thing about them being married is like they worked out a lot of their problems in that Rogan Gambit miniseries. Like, right, but they're still like, it's not like a done deal. Yeah, now we're, everything's we're, perfect. We're working on it. And that's all that anyone can ever ask for, let's be honest. Right,
1: but it's really good because she's just like, hey remember when we talked about you and me boundaries that's definitely a you and me only conversation <laughs>
0: so yeah yeah really no it's really good you should um read everything that um kelly thompson does because it's really good and i have to
1: admit i haven't read nearly enough of her stuff but it's really good
0: it's really good that rogue and gambit mini is very good you should read it um and she loves them and i always like it when people who really like stuff get to write the things that they like because you can tell like this you can tell Uh, and you can also tell in the
1: x-men gold annual um written by shannon mcguire who is new ish to x comics is that correct yes but she's
0: written a lot of um she's written a lot of things like they're just not x comic related
1: Right, but she's always wanted to write X-Comics. Correct. So she wrote this annual, um, which I'm not going to linger on super long. It's really cute. It's about Kitty going to summer camp and kind of wanting to escape from the X-Men, needing a break, going to summer camp, and kind of like teen Kitty experience, which was really nice and heartfelt. Um, I definitely like... She makes a friend who I definitely thought was female at first like I didn't didn't get that there they're kind of like gender ambiguous um, uh, yeah a bit uh I don't want to like go into too much um if you haven't read that already cuz I really do think it's worth reading um I know some folks had some misgivings about it um which is valid but I think knowing about Shannon And knowing, like, the passion that she has for the X Men, like it's just a really cute and heartfelt story. Yeah, Um, that's and 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 we don't get that much like Kitty coming of age anymore.
0: No, and you know what? That's really what is defining the last several months, maybe a little longer worth of X Men books for me. Aside from like X Men Gold and Blue, which yeah, you know the n- i'm not counting that but yeah the people that are starting to write these books and now have immense passion from a fan standpoint like they like you can tell when someone gets to write their favorite thing you can just yeah. tell like you can tell you can tell that people are not just phoning it in you can tell they really wanted to do this thing and that's makes all the difference and i think it's made all the difference with the books that have been coming out
1: yeah because similarly also cable is kind of the same way and
0: yeah that one um that one was very emotional uh cable 159 uh uh which i'll tell you um if you don't already know but uh cable 159 by zach thompson lonnie nadler and herman peralta as the artist we were saying it wrong this whole time. It's fine. Oh no! I'm yeah, sorry. It's fine. It's
1: fine. Um, <laughs> Thank you for correcting that- us. Whoever corrected us.
0: Um, but that one had a lot. There was a lot of feelings there. Um, yeah. And
1: I mean, it was obvious they were going to be.
0: Yeah. So
1: we start. We start with little cable as Nathan Dayspring, um, being kind of heckled by some friends. This is like Age of Apocalypse. So, um you know, they're kind of making jokes about full scans who I'm not really sure what the hierarchy is there, but I'm guessing mutants, uh, mutants. are
0: Yeah, they're like they're like hunting. This is cause this, this is not Age of Apocalypse, but this is Cable's far future. Oh where right, apocalypse yeah. where Apocalypse rules everything. I
1: couldn't Right I couldn't remember the like yeah I couldn't remember if there was like a proper uh, we, for yeah, the thing. yeah. But um but yeah, so he's being kind of heckled by um, his friends, and we learn that one of his friends is a mutant like him, and uh, his friend is like, "I'll keep your secret and then so cable goes home to Scott and Jean, who are of course going by um slim and red day spring, yeah <laughs> totally human, normal parents to a totally normal human child um, <laughs> and so he gets back there and hears a very loud which If you're trying to maintain secrecy, maybe you shouldn't be yelling so loud that your child can hear your argument from 30 (laughs) feet away. But, you know, besides that, um, they're saying that he, for his own good, he shouldn't be allowed to have friends anymore and that Scott gets to be the one to tell him. Which is maybe a little underhanded by Jean, but she's pissed that that was a thing that Scott is like putting his foot down and he's like, we can't allow it um, to keep him safe. Um, yeah. So then we get we get a really I've talked before about how good this artist is just in general. But we get a really good pout. Just this totally sullen kid pout from Cable before he yeah. runs away into the forest and is like, I'm totally like, I don't need friends. I don't need... He calls his parents Slim and Red. I don't need Slim. I don't need Red. Like, he starts to build a fire. He's like, I'm totally fine by myself. Like, I don't need <laughs> anyone. <laughs> and then yeah, well. there's like... Because uh, the other thing is... um gene said during that argument that the techno organic virus causes him to see visions of things that aren't there um so you know he's sitting in this in this forest and we see this kind of like thing start squirming out and it's like the embodiment of the techno organic virus and it comes for him And we see this like chasm that he keeps he's been flashing back to like we keep seeing the same thing as a traumatic memory all through the the like run. And so he's kind of like calling for his parents then. And it's like getting him. But I think I think what's happening is this is all a visual representation of how he feels when the techno organic virus gets out of his control.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Like that. It's like a cat. It's, it's, Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like a panic attack. Like, this is like a visualization. Like, this visualization is like how legitimately, like, how a panic attack feels. Like, you feel it, like, you're, and you've um, you've been through this with me of, like, the stages of, no, I'm totally fine. And, like, you feel it coming and you're like, no, it's fine. I can control it. And then it's, like, clearly getting there and you're like, nope, just going to try to force it down. And then it's like a chasm drops out from under you and you just can't anymore. And because it's like not something that's rational, right? Like, it's just Correct. like the floor. Like, you feel it coming and like, so, you know, if people know you well, they know that it's coming, but like, you can't stop it no matter how hard you try. Try. Yeah. Um. So like, then the floor drops out from under him. And so he's like struggling with this. God, now that I'm thinking about this as, like, a panic attack metaphor, it, like, all makes so much sense it's, to me. Yeah,
0: no, it's it's um, absolutely on like, point. didn't
1: hit me when I was reading it, so, like, now it's, like, way more emotional than it was uh, for me. Yeah. Um, so he's, like, struggling with this, like, in the midst of, like, a panic attack, um, and his friend shows up, the same one that was a mutant, and he's, like, no, stay away, but, like, in that same instant, his arm comes out, and like lashes out at his friend and the techno-organic virus starts infecting his friend as well and like leeching life out of them and his friend like starts shape-shifting and then he like tries to get a hold of it and like the hold of the virus and dial it back and his friend keeps shifting and he's like stop shifting like you're making it harder for me and his friend is like that's the only thing it that I can do to ease the pain. And his friend ends up turning into this completely monstrous thing that has no chance of controlling the techno-organic virus because his friend has shape-shifting, not um, this telepathic and telekinetic control like Nathan does. And so all the screaming outside of their house Um, Gene and Scott here and show up and like are there to kind of like help dial him back in and calm him down. And Scott laser blasts the now monstrous friend off of him. And the monster, quote unquote, runs into the forest and Nathan lies about who he was Um, to his parents and blocks Gene out of his head which is oof yeah the the whole scene where they're
0: holding him is like
1: yeah it's really emotional (laughs) yeah no kidding so like the kid then goes back and is of course like nobody knew that the kid was a mutant and now it's like clearly you know they have no conception of what a mutant is or isn't, like they all think that mutants are monsters anyway, so they don't see oh, something's wrong with you. They're like immediately like you're a mutant, and mm-hmm. we're gonna and the dad like drives him out of their house, which like honestly, it seemed to me like kind of like as a thing for like your family kicking you out for, like, finding out that you're queer or something else like that. Like, it's not, like, a one-to-one metaphor, but it resonated with me really strongly in that regard. Um, you know, not that there's plenty of people who have, um, you know, families that are abusive or less than, like, loving, that, you know, it's not as if you need ever a reason, obviously. Um, but it can definitely be read as such and, like, chops off part of the kid's, like, fingers and, like, chases him out of the house with a knife. And, like, the rest of the family, like, doesn't recognize him anymore. And so this is the person that's been following Cable all along, which now that I think about it, I actually, like, don't. I, I don't think, like, the queer coding is, like, a good thing to go on. Like, it kind of sucks that this monster, quote unquote, that Cable created through a lack of love and, like, clearly was in, like, this bad situation is, like, the person that then, the person or monster that then becomes the person that's going to make sure Cable never can get close to the ones that he loves and has mm-hmm. been, like, engineering his entire life to be miserable that's a lot uh yeah and like i don't know if i'm okay like it works in a story sense and this isn't like me like calling anyone out i just like with all of that combined like i don't know how i feel about that being the the this
0: big crux of cable's life i don't think you have to read it like that i think you can i think you can leave it as like not necessarily orchestrating it but it's always in the back of cable's head mm. like that combined with like everything else we know about cable makes cable you know right um and
1: like i guess to a certain extent it could be read as like it's not even this person it's like that because of the person that cable is that guilt and trauma is like enough to make- oh yeah and that's like, how I've read it. Yeah. But the the thing is there is some degree of authorship from Metis, who's the friend. So like I don't know. It's but at the same time like the other read of it could be that this is like when you do something unintentionally and end up hurting someone, like you don't know what the consequences are going to be and like maybe you can get past it but maybe that person can't yeah it's the other read on this and like no matter your intention in the scenario like there could be something that was a complete accident by you or you didn't even notice but then they end up like holding it against you for the rest of your life which is like not even like the indicator of a bad guy or a good guy But just like something that happens, like, yeah, yeah, like sometimes you'll do a thing and not realize the magnitude to which it hurts another person. And but what we do get, which is good, like, I really enjoyed the issue. I'm just like, I'm turning my head over like the different reads that you can have on this. This is not me saying like one or the other is valid or like the story is wrong for having one. I'm just like Mm -hmm. kind of recognizing them and mulling over it. Um, But then we go back to the present day with Hope and with Cable and like a really good, very symbolic of um, the like Sistine Chapel like finger touch thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But we get like two techno organic hands and Cable is drawing all of the techno organic virus out of his friend um, as Hope watches like. Not knowing how to deal with the scenario, and, um, he is trying to expel it from his friend and does so with hope's help, and realizes that his friend is still a child, that his friend has not aged with him, which is really interesting. I'm curious, I know I've been talking a lot, and I'm sorry, but I'm curious to know what your like
0: thoughts on that are, Charlie. I just sometimes my critical thoughts get lost in like my emotion. Mm. <laughs> um so like like I'm not there's a lot of like characters that I really like but I'm not I don't have the penchant to get emotional about them. Like mm-hmm. I'm like mm, um I can't remember what it was. Something happened a couple weeks ago like in a comic and i was like it's that part from uh the adventure zone where um spoilers for the adventure zone balance um where boylan dies and magnus is like well i feel nothing about this
1: yeah (gasps) Oh, yeah um, meanwhile you're like this um, fucking sucks like yeah like but like you know travis travis like had to be You know, at the same time, like, Griffin was building it up for the audience, but, you know, the players had, like, their characters
0: are not the types to care for that. No. So, like, and that, that, like, that line, like, resonates with me, like, well, I feel nothing about this. Yeah. Like, and that's, like, sometimes just how I feel about characters that I, like, like reading about it, but I don't have a particular emotional connection to them. I really care about Cable and Hope a lot. Um, Yeah, same. And I really, like, I didn't expect to, like, have such an emotional reaction to, like, Scott and Jean in this issue either. Oh, I, I fully did, like, seeing the preview.
1: Like, I was like, this is gonna... But interestingly enough, I'm reacting more to
0: it now, mulling over it, than I did... In the moment, that always happens with me uh, with comics. Yeah, like, like and and I'm going to talk about like, it's like. talk about. I finished reading and I'm like,
1: oh, that was fine, <laughs> and then I'm yeah, like, this is fine. Wait, t- thinking about it, and I'm like, oh fuck, because it's usually. What it usually is, like, if I read it day of, is, like, talking about it with you, which is why it's almost better for me to, like, read them asynchronously and then wait to talk about it on a pod, because then I'm we're not rehaving to rehash the conversations that we've already had. They've already had, yeah. Um, and So I, you're getting this
0: fresh, like, oh, Yeah, fuck. and I, um, you know, I care a great deal about a lot of things, but, like, there's very little that can make yeah. me they can and, actually actively make me uh, upset like or cry as far as like a comic book is concerned unless it has to do with like maybe the, like three people
1: maybe yeah. Um, the the other thing is like so interestingly enough like regardless of your read on you know cable and medicine like how that all played out like cable gets to do the thing that few people get to do which is fix the problem that he created because, or not fix, but he can, he can, all hope is not lost because yeah. this which kid is so hasn't important. aged. Yeah. So he takes the kid back to the X Mansion as, like, I can give you a family, which is like, regardless of whether we ever see this character again, is so good for Cable as a character because like it doesn't all of these things still happen nobody's going to forget that but for cable it offers a choice like a, an opportunity for him to redeem himself in his own eyes which is a thing like you don't in in real life it's very rare that you get that chance you're like oh i wish i would have done something different or i wish we could still be friends or i wish i could unring the bell and for cable who's central conceit is about guilt for so many things but making this like over the series of this cable um run has made this the central linchpin of like everything that came after for him to be able to fix that especially considering what then happens in extermination which we'll talk about next jeez it's it's really good and I think, of all the things that have happened in Cable's life, I think he deserved it.
0: I yeah no, and I have a like, really maybe big, more than any other character. Yeah, and I have a really big problem with. I just have a really big problem problem with grim dark superhero stories. Mm, yeah, like I really do. Like I have a big big problem with. This is this bad thing happens, and then this bad thing. I can't stand stories that dogpile the bad when you can't, and then you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Like if I have to go six issues without being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm done. Like, yeah, I don't want to read your story. I don't.
1: There's some things in some characters where it works really well for them to have like the equivalent of the microwave tunnel crawl or the. God in metal gear like that kind of stuff of like where you're just watching someone have like the shit the worst day ever yeah having the (sighs) shit beaten out of them like or the or the walk at the um the end of is it metal gear solid 2 where they go through the river um that's like the river of all the people that they've
0: killed oh no that's uh snake eater but like uh solid snakes no good very bad terrible day uh in metal gear solid 4 yeah Yeah. but like stuff
1: like that where you're just like constantly having like this character just be bodied like both physical and psychological like tolls on them like there's characters for whom that works very well but in comics you can't have that like in games in like a video game or a movie you know that like there's a certain satisfaction in watching that happen to a character knowing that you're going to get the ch- that either you as the player are going to get to beat the shit out of the person at the end mhm or um that in the end they'll accomplish some goal like noir it comes out of that whole grim dark notion comes out of noir film And because Frank Miller, starting in the 80s, kind of tried to imitate that in superhero comics. And it works really well in some instances, like it worked really well in the original Daredevil run, but it doesn't work so well in other things. Because the thing about noir film and that kind of like watching someone get bodied thing is, you know, even if they end up dead at the end, that they're going to either accomplish something or learn an essential truth about the world. To which like maybe it's not worth living at all anymore. Correct. Correct. And like there like you know that genre wise going in, but in comics, it's like even if that happens, you know it's a lot of times it's not going to matter, like Exactly. Later. So- because the status quo is going to get reset. So you have to make that run mean something if you're gonna put someone through the emotional or
0: physical ringer. Correct. And the microwave tunnel, like, the microwave tunnel the crawl that sn- Solid Snake takes in Metal Gear Solid 4 doesn't work if you don't get to beat the shit out of Liquid Ocelot at the end. Right, exactly. And you do, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like- or, like, the end of, like,
1: um, Blade Runner 2049 or, um, like, the thing that it mirrors, which is Cowboy Bebop, their lives are forfeit, but they've accomplished the thing that they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, like, the the end of the road kind of thing. Like, there's nowhere for those characters to proceed, but they got what they wanted or some form of it that whatever to at whatever extent it was possible in the end. But, like, in comics, you don't, like, that doesn't work as well a lot of the times. But here, like, not only does Cable get just bodied like, he gets to have that redemption, which is really important.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's so important. And, you know, I didn't like, think about it can't until you have
1: that like him beating and killing Metis wouldn't have
0: meant anything. No, no, not at all. It, 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 and you could tell that's not the route this is taking. Like, as soon as Cable stopped Nate from doing that, right? Like, it wasn't outside the realm of possibility. Right. It was just something that it wasn't going to do. Well, and even Hope
1: asks, like, did you cure yourself of the techno-organic virus? And he's like, no, like, that's impossible. But it's like, Shenron, like, that is not within my power.
0: Yeah. Can't wish on these Dragon Balls for that. It's fine.
1: But, uh, you know, like, he gets what he wanted in the end. But, Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say you didn't think about in the moment?
0: Um, I don't, I don't tend to think about, like, like, sometimes the critical, like, part of my brain tends to shut off if I'm emotional about something. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, like, sometimes the only words that can come out of my mouth when I'm, like, feeling away about something is, like, that sure was a thing or very good and or very bad sometimes like that's all that like those are the only things I can muster but I think you know that I, I like the end of this a lot just because it it did that it did it, it didn't give us the the grim dark like I'm cable like I love cable but I don't always love the I'm cable and I have big guns which I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of I don't I think that doesn't work for a lot of people
1: yeah we I think we've talked about this when we've talked about Cable previously, but like, so rarely does Cable m- get to be emotionally vulnerable that it's like even more meaningful when he does. I think we said mm-hmm. something like that. And that's like definitely the case here. But he's emotionally vulnerable, but that does not make him less strong. Correct. I think that's like clearly Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler have a great reverence for Cable of the like every era because that's literally been this whole book, but they don't they show that reverence and like love of cable as a character while also like showing that like emotional vulnerability. And that's really powerful because it's like like you talk a lot about like toxic masculinity and stuff. And like in a lot of ways, Cable as he's traditionally portrayed is the very like emblematic
0: presentation of toxic masculinity well I mean Tim talked about uh, about that with us a little bit like yeah, people yeah. and a disparagement of the 90s cause it's all hyper masculine bullshit basically which... yeah but the thing is like it it wasn't
1: even that all the time and this shows that like you can come out of reading those books and like show appreciation for those books and n- have non-toxic masculinity at the same time mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's really good and it means a lot to me. I know it's like kind of a dad book, but it's also like just Cable as a person and like that means a lot to me. Like as a person that it has like kind of like a fierce love for my friends and for the people that I care about, like I will go to bat for them, but I will also absolutely like defend them. Like it's really important to me to see stuff like that in comics like not just punching the bad guys but like being able to do good things that help people too and like cable is also all about that right like he's constantly like going back in the future and like saving kids and like helping people and i think that's something that people like people think about cable and the big guns but they don't think about cable like going to save people and keeping them safe and preserving the future which which is why like it's so good that Zach and Lonnie made that the linchpin of his, like, entire personality of, like, the fact that he wasn't able, oh, God, it's so good. Like, the more I think about it, I wasn't thinking about it in the moment either, but I think that's why it's, like, talking about things with you is really good. And that's why, like, we bounce <laughs> off each other in a really good way. But, like, God, it's just, oh, it's so good. It's, like, yeah. the- everything that's good about Cable as a character and that I love. <sighs> Sorry, I could talk about this one I didn't realize I did this much stuff to say about Cable, but I did. (laughs) Oops. Whoops. Well, that's okay, because we're not finished talking about Cable proper. (laughs) Yeah, we're not finished talking about Cable, because we have more to say about that on the bonus episode we're releasing this week. Anyway,
0: there is a thing going on that I'm going to tell you about Mm -hmm. after I tell you where to find us. So... If you like today's episode and you would like to listen to other episodes that are like this but tangentially connected to other things, please find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, where if you would be so kind, to leave a rating and or review, especially on iTunes, it helps other people find our podcast. If you would like to tell a friend, please do. You can find us on Twitter at Young Ones Cast where you can send some questions and I'll probably answer them. I enjoy answering questions.
1: Yeah. I should also plug the website because we like never do that. You can also (laughs) find all of our episodes and links to where you can listen to them without Google Play or iTunes. The direct links on youngonescast.com.
0: Yes. Uh, Or you can email us questions, concerns, other things, uh, spiritual entities and ghosts, even please don't send those Um, (laughs) to youngonescast at gmail.com. That is where we are there collectively um you can find me at genetic ghost on twitter where i'm doing a lot of things very recently i have a uh, some things upcoming that i'm working on that you won't be able to see quite yet um even after this episode goes up but i am working on them trust me but <laughs> Mikey, secret projects secret projects yeah not the other project that i'll mention but how about you mikey
1: you can find me on Twitter at quantum dot dot where I talk about the work that I'm doing tabletop role playing game design wise, as well as thoughts on other things. I don't know if um there will be another episode before my birthday. So it's on August 29th. Happy birthday. Thank you. But uh, yeah, you can also find me on twitch.tv slash quantum dot, especially now that I've got my act together and assembled my new parts for my computer, which were my birthday present to myself. I've been streaming Alan Wake, which is a really good, goofy, like Stephen King inspired and Twin Peaks inspired game that is totally like, it's also like a deep satire of like the idea of literary genius in a really good way. And it's been really fulfilling to play through that game and just laugh at this like
0: schlubby author. So yeah, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, before we go, I'd like to bring your attention to something that I created from the ether, which is the Guide to Exceptional Baking Zine and Cookbook. So, um, I literally put this together in a day, or the thought of it together in a day, and now it's grown into a monster.
1: That's, that's how this podcast happened, and that's how your best
0: ideas happen, honestly. I mean, that's very true. So, we are putting out a cookbook slash zine that is kind of a conglomeration of like all the stuff that I love, which is like food and also the X-Men. So um as this podcast goes up, submissions have been closed for a while now, but I'm gonna just tell you that I know a lot of good people that wanna do good things for this book and also people that have submitted things. So put those two things together. And uh, I think this is going to be really, really fun. So, no, it, I'm really excited because I'm,
1: you know, helping. I'm, I'm calling myself an editor. Uh, Mikey's
0: doing more than you realize.
1: <laughs> I'm behind <laughs> I'm, I'm, the I'm, scenes. I'm, I'm, I'm behind the scenes on this one. But yeah, it's, I'm really excited because it's like there are so few things that are like good and pure and like just positive vibes in this world. And this zine is like, This is not me saying this because Charlie is my partner because I'm helping, but it is like literally just so nice. Like if you ever just wanted to see X-Men baking, like this is the time and place and folks are submitting like some of their favorite recipes or family recipes to have X-Men baking them. And I'm really excited to have this be a thing that's happening. It's so exciting.
0: In the next couple of weeks, you can find information about this uh, at X-Men Baking Zine on twitter that space will be occupied by updates um i'm going to be starting where i'm going to set up a campaign for funding for this really mostly that's for printing costs and also to pay the people involved because that's very important to me like for people who are going to be drawing art um for this and there will be some really cool little things you can get for pre-ordering I'm at certain tiers, so when all that does happen, I will be more than happy to let you all know more about it. It's it's gonna be good. I'm excited. It's going to be good, so you don't want to miss that because I know a lot of cool people. <laughs> coincidentally, you can keep a prize in the meantime. There is a pin tweet on my Twitter that leads to a Google form that you can fill out where I will make sure everyone gets an email as soon as the funding campaign um, and pre-orders go live. So if you'd like to do that, it is on. My Twitter, my pin tweet, at Genetic Ghost, so you can take care of that. Should you feel the need. Yeah, that's all I got now.
1: What's a good, like, Mary Berry style sign off, do you think? Um,
0: I only know that she says it's a good bake or a bad bake. This has been a very good bake.
1: Yes, it's been a good bake.
0: <laughs> Sounds like we're doing drugs.
1: No, I mean, we've talked about the podcast <laughs> oven before. So this came out of, this is like a souffle that we've put in the podcast oven. and it's It took a little while to cook, but it's come out perfect my god okay
0: on that note bye everyone bye everyone